Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. A couple things real quick as we jump in here today, and then I'm going to talk about another benefit of relationship and life together. Remember, we decided that we're going to go through these and take them a little bit slow so that we can process and understand what these are and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us through them. Uh, And so we're going to get to that here in a little bit. We're going to talk about strength today, the benefit of strength, stronger together. So we're going to get there. Um, But first of all, we are in the middle of our summer season of small groups. Come on, small groups. If you're not part of a small group yet this summer, it makes your summer way better. Like I did the math, like a million point one times better. You think I'm kidding. But it makes your life so much better to do life with each other. And so if you haven't jumped into a group, we have some awesome, awesome groups meeting this summer. You can text OLC groups to 94,000, get those to your phone, or you can go onto the website, click on the banner on the home screen. You can see all of them, sign up for one or five or all of them. You know, you can do whatever you want, but get a part of doing summer together. And then our summer season of small groups culminates on July 16th with serve day. Come on. Who's excited about serve day? And here's the reason we should be excited about Serve Day is because it's the opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our local area and to get out and to love on people and just do it through a practical way of serving one another. And so that's going to be on July 16th. The way it works is if you're in a small group, as you meet over the course of the summer, you're going to start processing and thinking through what you are going to do as a small group for Serve Day on the 16th right? And so at the end of that, as a small group, you are going to get out and serve the community and love the community. And that can be whatever you want it to be. Get a snow cone machine and just make snow cones for people. I mean, come to my neighborhood and do that. It'll bless our neighborhood. Uh, But you could do all that. If you need some ideas, those are also on the website. There's a banner that looks just like this. You can click in, get some ideas and go for it. But it is going to be awesome. I'm really excited to hear about what God does through Serve Day uh, this year. Um, And then finally, as we jump in today, we are a note-taking church. Wow, that was quiet. That was real quiet. Oh my goodness. We are a note-taking church. There we go. And whether you do that on a good old pad of paper and a pencil, or whether you're going to do it on your phone, uh, I would encourage you to take some notes that you can process this week, and that God can come back and speak to and breathe on this week as you spend time with him. You can get notes to your phone by texting OLC notes to 94,000. There's some blanks to fill in. You can follow along, put your own stuff, email it to yourself, save it, send it to a friend who needs it, share it with the world, put it on social media. I don't know if you can do all those things, but hey, why not? You might as well give it a whirl. Um, But get that and get ready to take notes this morning as we jump in here today, and uh, it's going to be good. Um, I want to just throw this out as we start. Um, God is a God of benefits. I just want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about the fact that God pours out benefits on his people. Like, that's what he does. 
and he loves doing it. Psalm 103 says it this way, my soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. For us as we gather together here in church on Sunday, and also when you get together in groups, and when you're hanging out in your small group, when you're hanging out just as friends, I think that it's a good practice for us to learn to remember the benefits of the Lord, to not forget the benefits of the Lord. And I think that it's actually pretty easy to do that. If you're in the world, sometimes everything around gets convoluted in your head so much that we forget, oh, God's benefits. Like, for example, the fact that God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we don't have to get the punishment that's due us, but instead we get life, eternal life in heaven with him completely forgiven. I would say that's a benefit, right? The benefit of the Holy Spirit. He gave us the gift, the helper. So we don't have to do life alone, but he actually puts his spirit inside of us to help us to live life. I'd say that's a pretty cool benefit. He put us together in this local church body of one life in Nampa, Idaho, to be able to love one another, to be able to grow in relationship with with one another, to be able to reach the city and impact the city with the kingdom of God and the love of God. I would say that's a pretty good benefit. God is a God of benefits. Now, Jesus calls us to relationship And because we know that that he is a God who gives benefits, we know that if he's called us to be in relationship, that there are some incredible benefits that come when we are in relationship with one another. And last week we talked about, does anybody remember what we talked about last week? Encouragement. Thank you, Pastor Rhett. That was wonderful. (laughs) Pastor Rhett text OLC notes to 94,000. He downloaded them and put in there, in there, he put his notes and saved them so that he knew what I was talking about last week. It's amazing. (laughs) We talked about encouragement. Today we are going to talk about the benefit of strength, the benefit of strength. Here's the main solid point that we remember today is that we bring strength to one another. In this room, every single one of us brings strength to one another. There is not one person in this room that one life can do without. Now, I'm not saying that God might call you some other place or some other area of the body or or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you are here, when God has planted you here at One Life Church, you are not a mistake. You are part, an intricate part of the body of Christ right here. And we bring a strength to one another. Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about this in Ecclesiastes. He says, hey, listen, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close to each other can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, you could go on and on. Four or even, five or even, six or even, seven. You know, you can go on and on and on. The point Solomon is making is that we were never designed to do life alone, but there is a strength that comes with one another. The idea is the, is the picture of this. You can put this picture up. It's a picture of a tapestry. 
Okay, this is a beautiful tapestry. It's very ornate, a lot of detail, and it creates this beautiful picture. We, as the body of Christ, create a tapestry, a beautiful picture of what God is doing in us and through us collectively as the body of Christ. But if you were to take a microscope and you were to zoom way in on the tapestry, you would find this. You, I know, it's pretty cool, huh? You would find thousands and thousands of tiny strands, individual strands that are all woven together to create this beautiful tapestry. And that's the point for us. We're individuals in this room and God's made us unique and God's made us special and he's gifted us and he's put something specific, a deposit of his spirit inside of each one of us. And because he's done that, those things are now all woven together to create this beautiful picture that he's designed us to be in. But not only that, Paul develops out this idea and this thought of being together And he says that it's not only that we bring strength to one another numerically because we're just a bunch of people who are standing close to each other. No, he actually says that we are not to just do that, but we are called to be one in Christ. Not only are we an individuals, not only are we just our our, our own thing, which we are, but we are called to be one. This takes it to a whole new level. Ephesians 4 says this, Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And then here's where the power of it comes in. There's one body and one spirit, just as you are called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, you get kind of the point, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You can see that that we are actually, the idea of when we function together as one it brings a strength that's much, much greater than just a bunch of people that are doing life around each other. But there's actually a commitment and there's a different perspective now to how we live life. See, we should be in the body of Christ, inseparable. It should be that we are functioning so much as one that when one member of the body hurts, it affects the whole. And the whole comes around the member to bring healing. I mean, you think about your physical body. Your physical body, if you get a cut, what does your body do? Your body works to heal the cut. The cut isn't left out on its own and saying, oh, your finger got a cut. Well, sorry. And then you're on your own. The body works together to bring strength and healing to that specific area. And this is what we are called to do. We're called to to strengthen one another. We're called to bring healing to one another. The strength of each individual within the body of Christ lends to the strength of us all together. And this is how God designed it to be. So because then this is the goal, this strength is the goal, and this is an awesome idea, and this is a thing that we would love to be able to do, so then we have to understand how do we function as believers in a way that actually brings strength to one another, 
right? Because I think it's one thing to say, yeah, we're the strength to one another. We want to be a strength to one another. We're better together. That's awesome. But what does that actually look like? What is the Holy Spirit doing? And so we realize that the way that we strengthen each other is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We strengthen each other through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk for for a little bit about the gifts. And just to preface, I'm not going to go into detail about what the gifts are. Because that could be a whole series that lasts a whole year all on its own. So we're not going to talk about specific gifts today. But what I want to do is I want to tie in this thing that says, as the body of Christ and as we are one, the Holy Spirit allows us through the giftings that each one of us have to bring strength to one another. And this is how the Holy Spirit works in our life. Uh, Romans 12 says this. I'm going to read a few verses here. Verses 8, or 4 through 8. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is to serve others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. And if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility serious. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So you see this beautiful thing that God's woven in. Now, disclaimer here, because, you know, just disclaimer. If, if your primary gifting is not one of encouragement, it doesn't mean we don't encourage. <laughs> if, if, if your primary gifting is not one of kindness, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be kind. That's <laughs> not what it's saying. <laughs> we still have all an, an ability and an area to do that. Um, but, but there is a gift and a grace on certain areas, and it looks different. There's outworkings when the gifts function like this. Parallel passage to this is 1 Corinthians 12, which lists out even more gifts, that of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then you go to Ephesians 4, which then talks about the gift of the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the apostles, the shepherds. There's a lot of really cool gifts. That's my point. There's a lot of really cool gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the body. And, and each of us have them in measure. Each of, them have us, each of us have them that God's given to each one of us. And there are a lot of amazing gifts for us to be able to go on a journey of actually discovering what those things are. And, and I want to say this too, that at the end of the service, one of the places to actually begin that journey of discovering the gifts that God has put inside of you and wants to give you is through Discover. Right after the service, if you go out the doors to the right, down the hall, you'll see that we're going to be having a, a, a class, and today specifically is on purpose. And what's going to happen is you're going to go and take some assessments and begin the conversation of understanding, okay, what are the gifts that God has given me? And what are the gifts that I'm actually desiring? Because 1 Corinthians tells us to pursue the greater gifts. 
And so this class gives us a great opportunity to begin that journey. Maybe you've taken this class before and, and you've gone through this and you've begun that process, but maybe you've got some more like questions and you want to take it to another level of understanding. Jump in again and take it, right? And get into that place where you can begin to say, okay, God, what are the things that you have put in my life? I want to I say this too, that a lot of times when we think about gifts, our mind can naturally go a little bit to a gift is for someone who's on stage and has that thing that they do. And, you know, Nick and the, the, they have a, Jeremy has a, a gift for electric guitar. Nick has a gift to lead worship, right? Leanne has a gift to sing. Jason has a gift to teach. And we isolate it to this area up here. So even when we start talking about the gifts, sometimes our brain can have a hard time making a connect because we're like, yeah, 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 that's great for, for, for there. But the fact is, is that if we are to function in a, as a body and the strength that we bring, we have to understand that the gift that you hold is just as important as the gift that somebody else up here holds. And so we have to understand that when we talk about gifts, we're talking about things that God wants to give to his people. And these gifts are to strengthen the body, not necessarily strengthen the body from a platform, right? This is a real distinction for us to be able to understand because then what happens is we start to say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, what are those gifts that you want to pour into my life to be able to use to bless other people? And then we're, we're able to, with confidence, be able to step into them because the gifts are for everybody. And so for all of us, it should be a really exciting thing to actually go on a journey of discovering what, what are those things? What, what are those gifts? Which ones do I see evident in my life? Which ones is the Holy Spirit starting to breathe on? And we start to see things that happen. The, the evidence here of, of knowing when there's an anointing on a specific gift is as you begin to pursue the gift, which sometimes means kind of experimenting around with things, right? Under the right covering and under the right counsel and coaching and leadership, you might say, you know what? I really, I really think that I've got this, this gift of prophecy that's growing. And you begin to step out and realize, one, yes, there is a grace that's there and there's an anointing for that or in a gift of encouragement or a gift of teaching to be able to actually step out. And God's given you the ability to do that. And as you begin to do that, as you begin to, to uh, grow and learn in that, it's this beautiful exploration of the things that God has for his kids. And the only way to do that is to begin to go on a journey and remove some of the mystique around the idea of the gifts. They're just these untouchable things. No, they're actually really, really practical. You know, and, and one of the ways that you can actually see these things realized in your life is if you realize that there's a grace that's given to you in a specific area and other people identify it as well, right? Like there, there, there are people who you would say, they have a gift of encouragement because anytime you talk to them, you walk away feeling a million times better. Because the encouragement, the anointing of encouragement rests on their life, right? So the gift is confirmed again when we're the body functioning together, okay? So this is the gifts. Okay, so everyone doing good? Okay, gifts. So Paul urges us to pursue the greater gifts so that we can be a strength to one another. 
And this should be our motivation is to bring strength to one another. And this is the other thing that I would say is as much in as much as the gifts are not just isolated to here on a stage to the people up here, they are not also isolated to a Sunday. The gifts God has given you and the gifts that the Holy Spirit is growing in your life is for every moment of the day in every situation that you come into and for every person that you engage with, right? Think about it this way. You, you wouldn't want your heart just to function on a holiday. You, you kind of need your heart. Or, or you, you would kind of want your body to work other than one day a week, <laughs> right? You, you, it's the same thing with the gifts. For the body to be able to function, the gifts have to be able to function and be active in the body of Christ throughout the week, right? Now, is there a weekend expression? Absolutely, 100%. But equally so is the opportunity for us to carry those gifts into the week with each other and with the world around us. The cool thing is, um, as we pursue the gifts, we actually, it can be a really cool thing because we're not actually pursuing the gifts for ourselves or to make ourselves better or to think of ourselves higher than we ought to, right? It's not like, oh, I have this gift and now I'm so much better than I was before. No, but as we get, as we receive these gifts, as we understand these gifts, we understand that we bring a strength to the body. So for me to pursue the gifts that God wants to give in my life and the Holy Spirit wants to give in my life, the desire or the motivation behind it is so that I can understand what the gifts God has put in me so then I can bring it and strengthen the whole, right? And so for me to pursue and to have a motivation in my heart to go after what God has put in me and wants to put in me through the power of the gifts is so that I can bring it back and I can strengthen each one of you. And for you to be able to do the same thing. It's not just about, great, I figured out that I have the gifting of what, whatever. I'm an apostle. Well, cool. That's great. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to use that to come back and strengthen the body? Right? Because the gifts are meant to strengthen. All right. Now... In the celebration of gifts and in the understanding and the pursuit of gifts, we also have to understand that we're to celebrate the uniqueness of the body of Christ, to celebrate the gifts that are in one another, and to celebrate the level of faith that God has given to each person within those gifts. Because there are people that will have similar giftings within the body of Christ. That's just how it works. And different ones will be at different levels because of their journey with the Holy Spirit and the level of faith he's given, but also the level of development in those gifts. And it's for us to be able to celebrate the uniqueness of the body of Christ and for us not to compare our gifts with one another. We don't have to sit here and be like, man, I wish I had that gift. Or man, I think I've got the gift of, of knowledge and understanding, but I wish I had it like them. No, we celebrate what God does in each other, but we don't compare those things because the comparison breeds contempt, which is where the enemy moves and brings division to the body. Is when we start to say, I'm just, I, I'm not as good as them. I, I, I'm not as good. And we start to compare these things. So Paul urges us to celebrate. Now, now, here's how Paul says to do it. He says, 
to celebrate uniqueness, but not as more important than the unity of the body. And he says, don't celebrate the body to the point of losing the uniqueness of the individual parts. So it's both working simultaneously. Does that, does that make sense how it works? So when we look at each other, we can celebrate the individual identity and uniqueness of the gifts that God has put inside of each one of us. And then we can celebrate how that strengthens one another and brings strength to the whole. It's both of those happening at the same time. So 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? You can kind of, you can kind of hear Paul when he's writing this kind of with a little bit of a chuckle, right? If y'all were an eye, who would hear? Right? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged every one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. So, we all need each other, and we all can't be the same. Like, if we were all the same, boy, that would be boring. I mean, it's just all the same, even you dressing the same, we all dress the same, we all have the same gift, and it's a very one-dimensional local church. <laughs> There's no celebration of, of the diversity that God put in each one of us. Within God's design, we shouldn't look all, we shouldn't all look the same. But we should, in our uniqueness, be of one mind and one heart that leads us all to being on mission together as the family and as the body. Okay? We are all different, and that's the design, and that's how God made us. But make no mistake that we are all called to be on mission together. Amen. And we're, we're, we're in this same mission. We want to see the kingdom of God come. We want to see the will of the Father come. We want to see people who are lost find Christ. We want to love them to life because of Jesus. Like all of these things, this is what we're all about. So a good gauge of your heart is in this whole gifts thing is saying, is my motivation aligned with where God is taking us as a body? Or, or am I kind of starting to maybe focus on my own self? But do I bring that to strengthening the mission of where we're going together? Now, I would say this right now, that in our world, our world needs believers to understand and function in the gifts of the Spirit more than ever before. You look around right now at the world that we live in, and our world desperately, desperately needs people who process life from a different perspective. And we know that's through the perspective of Christ. I had a conversation yesterday with my neighbor. And uh, really what it's all about is responding to um, the moments that God puts us in. And it's realizing when the Holy Spirit is active in us, we can take those opportunities to speak life, to speak truth, 
We started talking about the, the, the culture of the world and the chaos of the world and, and everything that's going on, even if you look at all the stuff that's happened with Roe v. Wade and what that's done to the world, because people are all kinds of different responses and everything like that. For us to be able to be spirit-led people functioning in the gifts, to have discernment and wisdom and encouragement and speaking life to the world around us and bringing strength to not only our, each other here in this in this room, but strength to the people that we live life with, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our family members, right? It's the idea that, that we are called and God has commissioned us to learn and to grow in what those giftings are and be able to activate them in the world that we live in. The, the, the world needs the gifts. And, and I would say this too, again, there is a practical side to the gifts, and there is a spiritual side to the gifts. Both of those function together. Our world needs people that will serve, encourage, love, pour out, for no other reason than because we want to. With no desire for anything in return. No hidden agenda. No, if I do this, then I'll get. But for us to be the body of Christ and actually say, no, I'm going to go on July 16th and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something extremely practical to love on the community around us. That is the Holy Spirit active in us. And there are days coming and there are going to be moments when you're in a conversation with a coworker, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, there's gonna be a conversation, there's gonna be a moment that comes when the Holy Spirit is gonna to speak to you to say something that's gonna bring truth with grace or to even pray. I, I can't tell you how often this is like the most important, incredible gift that we can have is if someone is going through something, even if they're not a believer, even if they don't know the Lord, to stop and say, hey, can I, just, can I pray for you? Very few people will ever turn down prayer. And so for us to be listening to the Holy Spirit and responding to the Holy Spirit, to be able to actually in a moment say, and you, and you know what this feels like, because you get the lump in your throat and you get like the knot in your stomach and you hear this little voice saying, hey, you should pray for them. And you're like, no, it's a fly, get out, Right? And then it doesn't go away, and you're like, no, that can't be, that's, I ate something really weird, you know, like, no, we listen, because the Holy Spirit speaks and says, hey, let's do this, let's do this, for us to be ready to jump into those things. We need to stop making the excuse that somebody else who is more gifted is who's needed. God designed you the way you are on purpose for his purpose. If, if, um, if you've written yourself off or maybe the idea of like all this kind of stuff, just know that like you're very needed. You're a vital part of the body of Christ. And what God has put into you is vital. And this is what I mean by this. Because in this church, I know that there are people who have similar giftings that God has put in. Spirit, same spiritual gifts or similar spiritual gifts that are active in each one of us, Right? But here's the beautiful thing about how God set this up is that all of us have a unique personality. So then you pair the gift that God gives through the Holy Spirit 
with your individual personality and the outworking of that gift is something that nobody else can offer. Amen. Come on. Think about that for a second. Your personality is not an accident. Maybe two people have the, 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 the identical gift of encouragement, but how they do that based off of the personality that God has wired you with might be completely different. That is why we're all important. Your personality matched with the spiritual gifts that God wants to release into your life. So this is all really important for us to remember and that it brings strength to one another, okay? We do all of this out of the motivation of love towards one another. The Holy Spirit has given the gifts so that we are able to use them to pour out love to one another, okay? This is, this is the motivational thought. And in order for all of this to work, Paul, Paul talks about specific things and specific things in the response that we have towards the Lord and towards the Spirit when the Spirit wants to breathe on the gifts that we have. He talks about a specific attitude in Romans 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. I'm going to pull these apart for just a little bit as we get ready to kind of wrap up the, the message here. But he says that having this kind of mentality is so vitally important and is what allows the gifts to be a strength to one another. You can think about it as the perspective or the attitude or the filter at which you have as you process the gifts that God wants to give you, okay? And, and this is what it is, okay? The first one is this, is to live a surrendered life. Amen. To live a surrendered life. Romans 12, one says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Now, surrender is great, but there's actually one thing that comes before our surrender. Paul writes here, he says that in the view of the mercies of God, it all initiates with God. Amen. God has poured out such beautiful mercies on us. How many of you are thankful for the mercy and the compassion and the love of God in your life? He pours that out freely. And because of that, because we live in the mercy of God that we do not get what we deserve. And we get what we don't deserve. It's a real good thing. Anybody in that song? If you get what you don't do. Anyway, that's a callback. Wow. Um, I can't even remember who wrote that song, but side rabbit trail. The mercy of God is that we, we don't receive what we, what we should and that we do receive what we shouldn't. And that's the mercy of God. Now, because of the fact that God has poured out such beautiful mercies into us, the only natural response we have is to surrender our lives to him. Amen. You think about it this way. I mean, where would you be if it weren't for the mercy of God? Where would you be? Probably not in a very good place. The mercy that God, and then if we think about like, wow, unmerited, undeserved, complete, without fail. Well, how can I not surrender my life? Like what other option do I have? 
So Paul says, surrender your life to him. We surrender our lives as a response to God's mercy by completely devoting ourselves to God's service. As this pertains to relationship, we can only serve one another when we first sacrificed and surrendered our life to God. Because relationships without the power of the Holy Spirit and the cross are always rooted in flesh. They're always self-seeking. We're always out with some sort of an angle on it. Presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to Christ, we enable, it enables us to present ourselves to one another for service and for love. So we surrender. The second thing is this. We allow the Holy Spirit to transform you. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform you. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this age, to the age that we live in, to the world around us, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. As we surrender, our minds are transformed, which allows us to think about ourselves and others the way that Christ does. The idea of the transformation here is that um, there's a way that we naturally think about ourselves there's a way that we naturally think about our relationship with God, and there's a way that we naturally kind of contend to think about one another. And when the enemy gets in there and he has a heyday with it, we can't always naturally think about ourselves and one another and our relationship with God the right way. This is why Paul says, as you surrender, then God will transform your mind to where you'll suddenly be able to understand that you're a son and daughter of the king, you are highly favored and you are loved and there is mercy for your life that we cannot even comprehend until we stand before him one day. And we live in that and then we allow him to transform our mind about how we think about ourselves. That God, is, God has given me a gift. God's put his authority in me. I can walk in the purposes of God. I can encourage one another in the spirit. I can have the gifts of the spirit active in my life because I'm forgiven and I'm cleansed and I'm cleaned and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then we start to think right about each other and we allow our minds to be transformed to say, man, the body I'm a part of, oh, they are amazing. They are incredible. The giftings that God's put in each one of them, man, they'll just blow you away because the Holy Spirit's active. And you start to think positively about them and you start to look at them. And when there's things that rub and when there's things that don't go right, you start to pour out mercy and grace on one another because that's what's been shown to you. And then you start to live in this place of saying, wow, my family is amazing. My body is amazing. And God has anointed us to be able to do something together for him. You allow your mind to be trans transformed into a way of thinking. And finally, number three, you live in true humility. You live in true humility. Romans 12, verse three. Now I'm gonna sound really spiritual because the music's on. <laughs> because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. The best definition of humility that I've ever heard 
is having an accurate estimation of yourself. Having an accurate estimation of yourself, not too high, not too low. And this is why this is so important. Because if we think too little of ourselves, we fail to view ourselves through the eyes of God. And viewing us ourselves too little is actually rooted in unbelief. We actually stop believing that God is God and he is the one that gives us everything we have. Or we think too highly of ourselves, which is rooted in the P word, pride. It's a great word. Humility is understanding where the middle of that is. So we're not to think too highly. We're not to think too low. Think about ourselves accurately. These all have a progression. We understand the mercies of God, which leads us to surrender. And as we surrender, we find transformation of our mind. And the transformation of our mind leads to a real and true humility. These all work together. Now, with this attitude, this is at the very beginning of Romans 12. After that, Paul jumps into, now here are the gifts. So as we conclude and as we, we process going into our week, I think the best thing for us to do is to come back to that place of surrender again and say, in order for me to be a strength to the rest of the body, I need to surrender who I am to the Father. I need to allow him to transform my mind and I need to be able to function in true humility towards one another. That's gonna be my prayer for you today as we conclude. I also recognize in this place that, like I said, the first step is surrender. The first step is surrender. And one of the greatest ways you can surrender is if you've, you've, all of us have done this. We've lived our life for us and by us. We call the shots. We're, we're the one who decides everything. We find that life is empty. We find ourselves in greater trouble than when we actually are surrendered to someone. And for maybe some of you here in the room or online, you're still at this point of saying, I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to run everything. I'm trying to be everything. I'm trying to be the own, my own answer to my own world. The first step that we have today is the opportunity to surrender who we are to Christ, to yield our life to him and ask him to come and take control. And then what's cool is as we surrender, the mercies pour out, the forgiveness pours out. You might be listening to me here in the room or online this morning, and you have not had that opportunity to surrender your life to him. I'm telling you today that you have the opportunity to surrender your life and receive the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace of God into your life. And if you're in this place, you're online, I want to give you the opportunity today to pray a prayer of surrender that allows God to be able to come and speak in to your life. I want to, I want to pray over you and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer today as we get ready to conclude. But Father, I pray for your people right now. Lord, I thank you so much that you designed us to be a strength to one another. What a cool benefit. But God, we recognize that that comes because of surrender. That comes as you transform our minds and that comes through humility. 
And Father, I pray over each one of us, myself included, that this week you would help us to respond to your mercies and surrender in a brand new way our lives. Any part where we've held on to control, Lord, we give it up this week. Any area that we've tried to make it all work, Lord, we give it up this week. And Father, I ask that you would come and you would transform the minds of your people this week and how we process the gifts that you've put into us and how you, we process that we are a body and we strengthen one another and how we process the events that are taking place in the world. Lord, would you come and transform our minds so that then, Father, we can function this week out of a pure and true humility towards one another, towards you. I pray a blessing to be upon your people. Now, today, if you would like to surrender your life to Christ in this place, we're all gonna pray this prayer together. And if you're here saying, I need to get right with Jesus, I need to give my life to him and receive those mercies, I want you to repeat this prayer and say it with me. Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, I'm here today and I recognize I've lived my own life. I've done my own thing. And today I come and surrender my life to you. And I thank you for the finished work of the cross in my life. And I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. And I thank you that by the blood of Jesus, I am purified, I am clean, and I'm given a new beginning in you. And everybody said today, Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, can we put our hands together for those that prayed that prayer?